Hey, so we're uh, wrapping up our 40 days of prayer. And for those of you who participated, going through the books and going to small group, and uh, I, hope, I hope that it changed your life. It did mine. Um, I went through the book as well and uh, uh, just enjoyed every morning reading some scripture and reflecting on it and then, and then praying. And what I want to do this morning is uh, just wrap everything up uh, with a, a, a message on um, just growing up. Okay, that, that when we get done with one of these 40 days of this or 40 days of that, or a friend of mine, um, he was on our w- website and he took a screenshot because it said we were doing 40 days of prayer. And then he sent me a, a screenshot of his website that, that they were doing 70 days of prayer. And, and he said, yeah, your 40 days is really cute. That's what he said to me. So, um, so I wrote back something else. And so uh, it was... Um, <laughs> It, it was good. So I just want to review some of the things uh, that we talked about in these last seven weeks that we've been uh, uh, doing it. We said that God loves for me to talk to him about anything. We said that God loves prayers that are sincere and simple. God likes to show his grace by answering prayer. God longs to be close to me. God's plans for my life will always be good. Uh, there's like 20 things uh, on here that, that we talked about. God gives me what I need, not what I deserve. God puts my good above his own good. He sent his only son to die for my sins. He does not say yes to every request. He invites us to live with him forever. And we should, uh, w- one of the weeks we talked about, we should uh, pray frequently, pray earnestly, pray specifically. And then we talked about how to pray throughout your day. We get up with gratitude. We bless God's name at breakfast. Mid-morning, we remember what matters most. We, uh, uh, we list our needs at lunch. We ask for forgiveness in the afternoon because we probably made some mistakes uh, during the day. We ask God to help us make wise decisions, and we end our day with an encouraging truth. And we talked about when we pray, we first look backward to the cross, uh, and then we... Um, Uh, We look upward to the face of our loving Father. We look inward to Jesus living inside of me. We look around to ask to be used. And we look forward to my future in faith. And we admit that we're not in control. We ask God for help. I told you there was a lot of, right? We went through a lot of stuff. We ask God, we seek God, not the miracle. We turn our attention from culture to the word. When God says no, when he has a bigger perspective, when he has a better plan, and God says no when he has a greater purpose. It was a lo- uh, 40 days of prayer. So what I want to talk about this morning is this idea that it's time to grow up for some of us. <laughs> You're like, I should not have come to church today. No, I'm going to be super gentle. But ha- have, you, have you ever met somebody who didn't grow up? You know, have you ever? Have you, and, and like, if you're in your 20s, and, and you say this statement, I'm just going to be myself, man. That's cool. If you're like 50 and you're still saying that stuff, you, you need to grow up, okay? It, it's a, it, but you have to come to the realization, maybe you're not a good person and you shouldn't be yourself. 
that you should change yourself, okay? You ever see a little kid crying and complaining about everything? And they're, like, they're like six years old, and you take their toy, and they go screaming, right? You're like, you're like six? My kids do that. They're 14, right? Well, if you see somebody in their 30s doing that, it, 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 it's, it's, it's terrible, right? Well, I, don't, I am not directing this towards anyone but myself, and going through the 40 days of prayer, I started thinking to myself, you know, there are areas in my life that I'm still, having known the Lord for over 30 years, that I still struggle with, that I'm still battling with, that I'm still uh, blaming others for. I, I, I uh, was just, uh, I was teaching a theology class yesterday to a bunch of pastors, and, um, and uh, I was just, ta- just talking just normal with them about, uh, we were talking about g- grace and a bunch of other theological things. And um, I was telling them about my past and like in my brain, I'm like, oh, man, I, I haven't let this go. I haven't let this go. I'm 52 years old. It is time to grow up. You gotta, let, you gotta get over that stuff, stuff in your childhood, things like that. Now, some things that happen in our childhood are traumatic, but... Um, but there are areas in my life where I have grown up. When, when, I, when Lisa and I first started dating, I was incredibly jealous. I was like super jealous because she was smoking hot. And I didn't think, I, I was afraid someone else would go, go sweep her off her feet, which they did not. Okay, anyway. Um, and so, uh, so I would just be jealous. I was so jealous. And I, 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 I was like, Who's ta- who is she talking to? Does she have friends? And she'd go on vacations with some other families. And I want to know what's going on on vacation. Okay, can you imagine if I'm doing that now at 52? That would be like jealous as an adult. That's kind of, that's, it's time to grow up. So here's what we're going to do. We're going to talk about six ways that you can grow up. They're very simple. Uh, and um, and uh, we'll get you, we'll you out of here. Uh, the first one, we grow up when we feed on God's word. Now, this is very, very important. Feeding on God's word is not just going to church. Going to church is great, okay? Uh, it's, you, you hear an incredibly inspiring and well-thought-out uh, sermon, okay? So you, you got that, good. But, but think about it this way. I, I went on a cruise one time because uh, we used to work in the cruise line industry, and so uh, we got on this free cruise because um, we were one of the vendors. And they have this thing, if you haven't been on a cruise, it's called Midnight Buffet. What could possibly go wrong? <laughs> like Midnight and Buffet, okay? So uh, I'm all excited about the Midnight Buffet and, and, and everything. And I, I go and um, I, I don't know if you know this about me, but I lack patience. And so, like getting in a long line where people are just grazing through, I, I just can't, because I, I, what they do in buffets is they put all the cheap food up in the front. I just want to get to the meat. I want to get to the shrimp and to the, all, all those types of things. So we go through this midnight buffet, and, and I, I eat a lot, a lot. I was in my 30s, so I could do that. And I... I that night, and so you eat, and then you sleep. Like, your stomach's full. It's, just, it's a horrible idea, but I'll probably do it again someday. Um, and, and I said what probably you've all said. You'll say it after Thanksgiving. I, 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 it's going to be several days before I eat again, 
right? It's going to be several days. I mean, I just, I'm so full. I don't, I, if I don't, I don't even want to look at food. And then what happens? Three hours later, you're like, ooh, are there any leftovers? Do they have a midnight buffet tonight too? Like what, what is it? Well, some of us, that's how we feed on God's word. It's like Sunday, we hear a sermon, and then we starve ourselves all week long. <laughs> the grown-up Christians don't do that. Grown-up followers of Jesus don't do that. They, they certainly go to church, and that's great and everything, but then they, be, they continually feed on God's word. Now, how do we do that? I just want to give you some, uh, uh, Matthew says this, give us today our daily, daily bread. We need to be in the word every single day. Um, Acts says this, now I commit to you, to God, and to, the, uh, and to the word of his grace, which can build you up and give you an inheritance among all those who are sanctified. There's a building up that happens as you approach the word of God, and you can do it in so many ways. There's devotionals that you can get online. There's study Bibles that you can get online. Uh, there's um, uh, uh, just uh, work uh, books that you can get. Like, I'm going to go through the book of Philippians. You can easily find a, a, a workbook to go through that. I want to give you these six things that we do to engage with the Bible. The first is we hear it. And Rick Warren, uh, this is from, his, from uh, Saddleback Church. He uses it like a hand, okay? So you can hear the word. There's so many ways to hear the word of God now. You can hear it on Sunday. You, you got that. You got radio. They got pastors on the radio. Uh, they, you, you can listen to podcasts. They have, I mean, they have some of the most incredible speakers. I mean, even better than me. Um, and I know it's hard to imagine, but, but, but you, can, you just put on a podcast, you can do anything, just hearing the word of God, just having it fill your mind, having it fill your mind, and you can read it, you know, you got it right there, and you, you can use your mobile device, there's, a, um, there's apps that will give you verses each day to read, uh, the version is called, and you can sign up, and they'll just send you a verse. And you, get, you have one in the morning. You can join groups and talk about it. You can do all those things. You, you read the Word of God. And then you can study the Word of God. You say, well, what's the difference between reading the Word and studying the Word? Well, in studying the Word, you start finding out more important things about when it was written and what it really meant. And some study Bibles, you can get the, there's an NIV study Bible that will tell you what the actual Greek word is if you're into that kind of stuff. But it's just another way to just keep feeding on God's word. It's vitally important if you want to grow up to be eating every day. And you memorize it. Tons of different ways to memorize. Again, there's apps for Bible memorization. You can record yourself on your phone and then listen to yourself repeat it and all these different ways to get the word of God into your mind so that it could just, when, when the time comes, you got it. It just comes forward and you meditate on it. And that's just to read slowly and to think, Lord is my shepherd. He's my shepherd. That means he follows me around. He nudges me he takes care of me he loves me i count to him i matter the lord is my shepherd i'm like a sheep that's a med that's meditating on the word i shall not be in want hmm, I, what does that mean to not be in want so and then and so that you're saying well it's a hand and you have five fingers and these are six points right uh uh, the sixth one is for uh, Tom Brady's last Super Bowl ring. Um, no, 
it's, it's, it's a ply. It's your palm. So I brought this little thing here. If I want to, if I, this is my uh, 60 degree Callaway wedge. The reason I love this so much is because I never am on the green when I'm supposed to be. So I use it to like chip onto the green. That's why it's so used. If I got better, I probably wouldn't even use this thing. But, but if I want to hit with it, I can't, if I just come on Sunday morning and I hear the word of God, I can't, I can't, it, this is useless for me. Right? But then if I begin to read it, two fingers, I can, I can pick it up and I can kind of, but it's still, I can't, I can't hit anything with it. If I study, I'm getting better, okay? If I memorize, if I meditate. Now, I'm just going to talk to just a few Christians real quick. Where you might have to grow up is not learning anything more about the Bible and applying it. See, this still does me no good. It's not until it gets into my palm and I begin to apply what I read that I can hit this club. Well, actually, I can't because I'm a horrible golfer, but it's just an analogy. But it's, it's the application. And so for some of us to grow up, we need to stop filling this up with verses. I mean, Kai, I guarantee you, if you've been a Christian for 10 years, you know enough to be dangerous. But if you're applying it, that's, that's a mature Christian. That's a mature Christian that can actually forgive. I, got, I know 500 verses on forgiveness. Do you forgive? If you're somebody who forgives, you're mature. If you're someone who uh, doesn't, isn't anxious about all sorts of stuff, you're mature. If you don't blame people for your shortcomings, you're mature. So we do all this, and then we, we apply it. We apply it. That's, that's just one way how we can gr grow up. Second way, we grow when we learn in different ways. You know, um, some of you are uh, visual learners. Um, one of the reasons why we have the TV here now is um, for those who watch online, they, we don't have to have the slides back here. They can, they can see. And for some people, online is the only way they listen to sermons. I get emails. They're like, Pastor Rittenhouse, you don't know me, but I live in Michigan. Really love Living Spring. I'm like, cool. Uh, are you tithing? No, I didn't. I don't say that. I just, <laughs> that was just a pa pastor joke there, uh, right? So, so uh, yeah, so, so but they're, they're visual learners. That's, that, that's how they like, they can't, they don't li like listen to podcasts. I'm, a, I'm an auditory learner, um, so uh, when, you, when I hear a story, I remember it. And so I love listening to podcasts. I, I, I love listening to other pastors' sermons. I, re, I retain them by, by, by listening. And so we grow. And so if you're stuck in just one way of learning and one, one source of information, you're not going to grow. I'll give you an example. That is, it's like anything else. If you just go to the gym and run on the treadmill, you'll get thinner, but you won't be like what you could be. If you just go in and just bench, it, you're not going to be what you could be. If you are into politics and you only listen to one source of news, you're not going to be as educated and informed as you, you could be. 
And the same is true with God's, with God's word. We learn in different ways. So you can, and it's so cool, you can go online and you can start, you can watch people on YouTube talking about the word of God. You can listen to podcasts. You can read. I have uh, uh, all this auditory, visual, verbal, and physical. Some of you, your best way to learn is by doing, is by doing. And so you, you're, you're kind of, and usually, I, mean, I can only speak for man because I'm a man, but usually that's a, a typical male, at least my friends, is like, they're like, instructions, what are those for? One was just, let's just do it. And of course, it takes 15 hours longer than it should, but that's just the way they do it. I'm going to tile my kitchen floors. Well, have you ever done that? No, but I'll figure it out when I get halfway through, right? It's like, it's like that, it's just, that's the way you learn. And so the same is true for us. Like, I should not be the only voice you, li- you hear from. I come from a certain perspective or whatever. You, should, you can broaden, you can listen to other, other things. So um, we are a, a free Methodist church. Um, and, uh, and so we have this certain, uh, this certain theology that we call Arminianism. I don't want to get too far into it. The, the other side of that is Calvinism. I listen to Calvinist preachers. Timothy Keller is like one of my favorite guys to listen to. He's brilliant. I suggest one of his books. But just getting a broadened perspective, because God's a broad God, right? I can't do him justice alone. And so look, in, look into that. We, we, we grow when we, uh, uh, in, in different ways. Listen to what, jo- what God says to Job. This is so cool. For God does, not sp- uh, for God does speak now one way, now another, though no one perceives it. God can teach you in any situation. You can learn in any situation. And you can learn from all sorts of different people. We had a guy, and, uh, a new Christian in one of our small groups, and um, he didn't know all the Christian needs, like how you're supposed to say things, because Christians say things a certain way. Um, uh, and so he would just like, he was really raw, <laughs> like he's super raw and he'd say things like, well, I, I can't even repeat half of them, but I'd be in the small group and I'm like, I just heard God speak to me through this person and I know way more than they do because God uses all sorts of people to speak. You can learn from little kids. You can learn by working in children's ministry. You can learn a lot, especially about yourself. No, I'm just kidding. Right? Because these kids, they're so, they're so raw, they're so innocent. And you can see how they communicate with God and you go, man, I, I want to be like that. Right? We learn in different ways. Um, thirdly, we grow when we develop spiritual habits. We're going to be talking in January uh, on a series that we are entitling You Versus You. And we're going to talk about uh, how to stop bad habits and how to create good habits and what the Bible has to say uh, about that. But developing spiritual habits is uh, very, very important to, as you grow up. And so there's all, all sorts of different habits that you can have as a mature Christian. You can pray. Uh, that, that's a, a spiritual habit, having, uh, get, spending daily time in the Word. That's a spiritual habit. Uh, communing with people, like actually interacting in a small group or something like that. 
That's a spiritual discipline, right? Fasting can be a spiritual discipline. And so that you, you go without food. And what happens when you fast um, is that, you, that you allow your body to remind you about something spiritual. So when you, when you stop eating, your body just naturally starts giving you what? Hunger pains, right? And so that's just, just going to happen. Well, when it does, that fasting is a reminder, God, I want to be able to want you more than I want this next meal. That's where I want to be in my life. That's where I want to be. And that's, 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 that's maturity. You can fast other things. You can fast social media. <laughs> no, you really can fast social media. It's, it's a thing, right? You can fast uh, the television. Uh, you can't fast sports. I don't, I don't know why, but it's like a loophole in the Bible. And so it's kind of, it's really weird. You can baseball, but, uh, but not... Not, not anything else. So that's, uh, that's it. That's why they call it a bully pulpit, right? Because I'm being a bully right now. So I, 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 I'm sorry about that. But there's all sorts of spiritual habits. Um, uh, you, you know what's a spiritual habit? This is, this, is, this, is, this is maturity. This is like next level maturity. Being quiet. Not having to speak. Not having to speak. Not having to defend yourself. I mean, if you want to look at spiritual maturity, you just look at Jesus, right? He's sitting in front of there. He, he's, he's being falsely accused. And, and the guy asks him, hey, are you going to defend yourself? He's like, nah. My heavenly father's got it. That's a, that, that is a spiritual discipline that is very difficult, uh, as you can imagine. Here's what... Uh, John says, now that you know these things, okay, so you've read your word, you've studied it, meditated, memorized it, uh, you will be blessed if you do them, if they become a part of who you are. Sometimes when we deal with these disciplines, it's something that we have to do even, even just to practice it, just to practice it. Have you ever practiced forgiveness? Like, like, like you're, you, you, we all have people we can go back in our minds, at least I do, that have wounded us, that we don't want to forgive. Well, there's a, you can practice that. You can say, Lord God, what they did to me was wrong, but God, I pray that I would just be able to forgive them, and God, I pray that you would bless them. Let me see them as you see them. That takes practice. <laughs> and the first time you're like, God, smite them and then I will forgive them, right? So you can practice those things. Here's what the Hebrews says. But solid food is for the mature, who by constant use have trained themselves to distinguish good from evil. Constant use. The U.S. Treasury, how they teach their agents to um, see counterfeit bills, they don't give them a bunch of counterfeit bills. And tell them to, like, look what counterfeit. They give them real bills and they study, 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 smell it, touch it, look at it, analyze it, so that when they get a counterfeit, they go, that's not right. Same with a mature believer. As you've walked through the Word of God, as you've been around other seasoned believers in your small group or somewhere else, you begin to go, no, that, I don't have a verse for it, but I'm pretty sure that's not where God wants me to go. 
Because you know there's a lot of ways God talks to us and there's no verse behind it. It's just what is the wise thing to do, not what is right or wrong. So, those who have good uh, spiritual habits. Fourthly, we grow when we help each other grow. Have you, did you know that? I was just talking to uh, uh, Robin, and she was talking about uh, teaching people how to play pool. And, uh, and that she's learned so much just by teaching other people how to play pool. Well, Robin's a seasoned pool player, a two-time world champion pool player. And she's telling me, wait, you're learning still while you're teaching other people? Yeah, it's a principle with everything. If you're a personal trainer, you're in good shape. Why? Because you spend all your time training other people. If you're a chef, you become a better chef as you train other people, as you get these things down. If, you know what's amazing? If you're a seasoned believer, you can grow, still grow, just by helping in children's ministry. It'll blow your mind. You won't even believe how much you'll grow. You'll be so mature, you'll be walking, you'll probably have a crown on your head. That's how mature you'll be. It's just amazing. But we grow when we help other people grow. I talk to people all the time. They, they don't want to be in a small group, okay? Because they're kind of above all that, right? They're above all that. Because, you know, the small groups, sometimes people have problems and these mature believers don't want to be in a small group because they just, you know. But what if, can you imagine, if as a seasoned believer, you were the only one that that person could connect with to be healed? And you had a part in their healing. Man, could you, could you imagine a surgeon, top surgeon in the country, heart surgeon? You're like, hey, this guy came in, he just had a cardiac arrest. It's like, oh yeah, I've done that a million times. Yeah, yeah, I've seen that before. Why don't you give me something harder? Well, he's dying. Yeah, I know, but I'm kind of above that now. I'm kind of into, like, bigger stuff. So sometimes as Christians, that's exactly who we are. We spend all this time learning, all this time going through things. All of a sudden now we're annoyed by people who are just starting out. We grow when we help others. Look at even the Apostle Paul. The Apostle Paul, if anyone has any reason to be able to say, I don't need anybody, it was Paul, okay? He's like a rock star, okay? He's, it's like Jesus, Paul, okay? That's how it goes. I long to see you so that I may impart to you some spiritual gift to make you strong. That is that you and I, <laughs> this is so cool, may be mutually encouraged by each other's faith. There was not one person in that church that was as spiritual, as mature as the Apostle Paul. He wrote the Bible, essentially, okay? And he says, I long to see you that I may impart some spiritual gift and make you strong. That's his life. He says, Paul says it this way, even if my life is being poured out as a drink offering for the sacrifice and service of your faith, in this I rejoice, right? Right? He says, even if I'm just wasting my life on you, people, ah, I love it because God is worth it and it makes me strong to do it. Uh, Yeah, okay, number five. We grow when we expect to grow. We grow when we expect to grow. When I 
go to the gym uh, with Lisa. Um, I know it's going to be hard, okay? I, I knew from the very beginning it was going to be hard. But I expected results. And if I don't see results, then I don't turn to the trainer and go, you're doing it wrong, right? I look to myself and I go, what, what am I doing that's not getting the results I want? And the trainer will say, what are you eating? And I'm like, none of your business, right? <laughs> Just train me, right? And so he'll say, you got to do these things. So he, they do this. They, they weigh you and they measure you, which is humiliating. And then, um, uh, and, and then, he, and then he says, this is your... Uh, these are your macros. Like, this is how, many, how much protein you should have every day. This is how much carbs you should have every day. This is how much fat you should have every day. And I'm like, yeah, the numbers are all wrong. Carbs should be like, I saw the food pyramid when I was a kid. Carbs were like the foundation. Well, apparently they were wrong. So, uh, but, but, but I know that if I do those things, I expect there to be change. You should expect that you should be growing in your faith. You should expect it. You should expect a year from now that you don't struggle with the same amount of anxiety that you do today. You should expect that you don't struggle with uh, the same temptations as you did the year before. If you find yourself stuck, there's something wrong. Not with you, with your system. And so, so your expectations should be, you know what? I'm going to be closer to God in 2020. That's my expectation for you. That's my expectation why we, we plan out our, our series <laughs> months in advance. I know exactly what we're preaching on in July. is because we have a plan because we want to see us all, myself included, growing together. I expect that you will be mature. Let me tell you just a, a little bragging story about you guys. Um, um, Somebody was on, was coming to campus this a while back, um, and I knew they didn't know anybody, and I knew that I wasn't going to be there uh, right when they got there, okay? And I said to myself, oh, they're going to be fine. They're going to be fine because it's living spring. They're gonna, someone's going to come and talk to them. Someone's going to be nice to them. Someone's going to introduce themselves to them. And that's exactly what happened. Why? Because I expect that to happen because I, I know you guys. And I know how good you are at that. And so, so, but that's my expectation. If the person came to me and said, ah, I went on campus, nobody talked to me, nobody even looked at me, they're all in these little huddles, and I, I, I'd be like, were you at Living Spring and Garden Grove? <laughs> or like another Living Spring out in Ojai or something, you know what? Like, what, what is that? Well, the same is true for yourself. You should expect that you can get to a place where you can forgive, where you're not fearful. That's your expectation. Look what it says here. Then he touched their eyes and said, according to your faith, it is done to you. They went to Jesus. They had the faith to go, I can be healed. You can be healed. You can expect that you can grow, that you'll be a mature Christian Finally, number six, we grow when we commit to grow. When we commit to grow. At some point, you're going to have to make the decision of, am I in or out on this whole following Jesus thing? You know, you, 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 maybe you accepted him and you've done pretty well and 
It's like, it's amazing to me how Jesus, uh, we are, again, we were talking about this in the, in the theology class, about how churches evangelize, share the gospel, and how Jesus evangelized. Because Jesus just said, follow me. And if you didn't, you, did, you didn't. And then he'd say stuff like this. He'd say, oh, um, yeah, you know what? I, I think I might join your club, Jesus. And he'd go, ah, that's not a good idea. That's not a good idea. Foxes have holes and birds have nests, but the Son of Man has no place to live. It's going to be hard. It's going to be difficult for you. So you might want to think about it. Could you imagine that? There's some visitors. If, you, if you're not a follower of Jesus, uh, you're just testing it out and you're visiting here, let me just try something on you. Um, you should follow Jesus. Uh, you should commit your life to him because uh, he'll ask for you to die to yourself. Okay? Every head bowed. Okay, there we go. So just raise your hand. Go ahead. No. All right? If we commit, it's going to be difficult. There are a lot of things about the Christian faith that are hard that you have to just say, okay, I'm going to be that person. I'm going to have to give up some stuff. I'm going to have to give up my time. I love my time. God might ask you to give some of it up. I love my money. Trust me, I love my money. Sometimes God asks me to give that up. I love my relationships. Well, sometimes if the relationship's not healthy, God might ask you to give that up. I love my pleasure. God might ask you to give that up. We grow when we commit to grow. This, uh, this gym that we go to, I, I keep talking about because it's like become this big part of my life and community. Um, you have to sign up for the class a week before the class, or else it fills up. And so, so think about this. This is how my life has changed. I wake up in the morning, and the first thing I think of is, oh man, I'm going to sign up for the gym next week. Like, what is that all about? Because I'm surrounded by a bunch of people committed to this thing. Imagine Okay, I, we're not going to do this, but can you imagine being surrounded by a bunch of committed Christians? I'm not talking about the ones you read about on the news and, you know, protesting this or that or whatever it is, however it goes, whatever the stereotype is. I'm talking about people who are taking it seriously. They say, uh, Jeremiah says, you will seek me and find me when you seek me with all your heart. Now, as the worship band comes up, I wanted to end with this one just because um, I want the momentum. If you've been doing these 40 days, I want that momentum to spur you on through Christmas, on into New Year's. We're going to be talking about making wise decisions when we get to New Year's in that series called You Versus You. Can you imagine if you don't have to make a New Year's resolution that says, I'm going to start having my quiet time because you've already been doing it? Wouldn't that be cool? You could pick something else. You could pick another, another New Year's resolution. But don't go to my gym because it's full. Uh, so, <laughs> right? We, we commit. Now, let me end with this and uh, we can pray. I really think you guys are mature. <laughs> I talk about you all the time. 
So I, 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 I'm not trying to say, you know, stand up here and say, but I look at my own life and I go, there's some places you need to grow up, dude. And so, um, and so I wanted to share that with you, but I'm, I really am proud of you guys for how much, it's been 14 years now, and uh, just to watch some of you just growing in the faith and growing in your relationship with Jesus. And even for those of you who are still on the edge and just put your, dipped your foot in the water, um, it's, been, it's been really fun to be on this journey with you. So what we're going to do now is uh, I'm going to pray for us and we just take a time of reflection. And maybe there was just something I said that, that, that touched you a little bit. You say, you know, uh, I need to feed on God's word. I can't just do the Sunday morning thing anymore. I'm, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna, I'm gonna to try and go online and find a devotional. And maybe that's your thing. Well, bring it up with the Lord during this time. Say, God, would you draw me to a, a place where I can, I can find something good, you know, that I can do? Maybe it's, you know what? I need to start serving. I need to start serving others. I think that's where I'm, I'm kind of stagnant. Whatever it is, I need to start. I need to be committed this time. I need to expect that next year at this time, I'm going to be more mature. And maybe that's it. You just bring it up with the Lord. And then the other thing we do during this time is we fill out our connection cards. And we love to get one of those from every household so that we can follow up with people. And we really love getting those prayer requests. So if there's something that you have on your heart, maybe for your family or um, your neighbor or whatever, you just write that on there. We pray for every single one of those every week. And if it's personal, too personal for you, uh, you just check pastor only and uh, just uh, the pastors will see, see that one and uh, we'll partner with you in prayer. Let me pray. Lord Jesus, we thank you for your goodness. Thank you for... Uh, your word. God, I, I thank you that you won't let us remain the same. You will continue to poke us and prod us and question us like any loving father would do. We want to be mature. We want to be humble, joyful, peaceful, just like Jesus. We thank you for that. In his name, amen. Amen.